0: That's who. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, the longtime voice of the Houston Texans as they get set to make a not-so-subtle quarterback transition of their own, Mark Vandermeer joins us. So, Mark, you're in a territory right now where everything seems to be good and you're just kind of going through and everybody's evaluating practice. And once again, we got the whole Days of Our Lives
1: soap opera in town here again. Fantastic, huh? Well, you know, you know, John, with the Colts, that's our nemesis, okay? We just won for the 10th <laughs> time in franchise history against them, and it was one that a lot of people thought, you didn't really want that one. Yeah. And it was weird last year because the Texans didn't lose to the Colts, yet after each game I felt, eh, a tie, and then that win where you lost the uh, number one pick. But it all worked out because you have C.J. Stroud here, and he looks pretty good so far. All right, give me a size up from what, what – you know of the
0: competition very very early stages mind you but uh, between davis mills and cj stroud we know around here that they're going to handle anthony richardson certainly with a soft touch moving forward here what's the handles on the rookie quarterback compared to davis mills down in
1: houston well, it's funny because they call it a competition, but I just feel like Mills is getting some one reps, and Stroud is getting some one reps, and the whole team's just trying to get better together, and that's the picture that D'Amico Ryans has painted here, and I think it's working. The culture's fantastic. I mean, it's as good as I've seen it in a long time around here, and I just really feel like these positive vibes, I mean, you talked about the off season. It was, you know, we've all heard of the summer of love. This was the off season of love, and, and it, everyone felt great with D'Amico coming back, with drafting Stroud with moving up to get Will Anderson. and you know Now we see two quarterbacks going at it in practice. And Case Keenum as well, the crafty veteran, looks pretty good out there. So everybody's got their moments, but it's two days into training camp, John. And so you know that it's going to be defense ahead of the offense at this point, even though we've seen some nice flashes. And I think so far, so good is the report here. Mark Vandermeer is the voice of the
0: Texans with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Was everybody in firm agreement there that the offseason for the Texans was, especially in that draft at the top, about as
1: good as it could be? Yeah, absolutely. I, everyone felt great about getting a quarterback because it was uncertain. I mean, I drove to the draft party. We do a, a show every year, and we do 16 hours of draft coverage, and I know you do your thing as well. And, you know, I drove there that night not knowing what they were going to do. I thought, you know, there was there was some talk out there, the possibility of Stroud, but I thought maybe they would take Anderson or somebody like that and then drop down, or not drop down, but then, you know, maybe take a quarterback with the next pick or, or actually trade that down and get Hendon Hooker or somebody like that. But they got Stroud, and I thought, all right, here we go. Let's rock. And then they moved up to get Anderson, which was the total shocker. But you got two top five players out of this draft. They wanted to accelerate the rejuvenation of the franchise, and I'm hoping that's what they did with those moves.
0: Yeah. it. Uh, it you mentioned uh, the new head coach and D'Amico Ryans and, and what he has meant to that organization in the past. I'll tell you. If there was a coach that ever fit like a Lego, just solidly, it would seem like first-year head coach and the Houston organization, a place where he played so well, and certainly as a player was so fondly remembered.
1: Absolutely. They loved him here. And I always thought that he was the best player leader they have ever had. And that includes anybody you can think of. And I would have said that two months before they hired him. I just felt that great about domico Ryans. And it wasn't surprising me that he was doing such a terrific job as coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, that's an old franchise, 1946. And they had never finished number one in yards and points allowed, but they did that with Demico coaching them. Now, they had great players and he did a really great job so you start over here and when you're sitting in the big seat things are different i think he's put great people around him and he's off to a good start here but they haven't played any games yet so we'll see how it goes i mean it's all a construction project as you know at this point for teams like the texans and the colts and you know it's a little bit different for the titans and the jags i get it but everybody's hopeful this time of year
0: do um does he make the defensive calls or is that uh, matt burke i believe is the defensive coordinator is that Burke's job? Is he just going to worry about head coaching in this case, or will he be
1: a part of that defensively? He said he would start off calling the defense, so it'll be him, and I like that. I know a head coach has a lot to think about, but he's, he's also been clear that they have numerous people. They have a lot of conversations about game management, what to do in certain situations. They have not wasted time this offseason. They have spent a lot of time on what to do when certain things occur through the course of a game, especially in crunch time, so I think he'll be ready for those things. Of course, you never know until you know, but I think he's got a lot of help. And I'm not sure exactly how he's setting those things up, but he's a smart guy. And like I said, a good leader. Everybody feels empowered and energized. So that's a real positive. So Mark Vandermeer is the voice of the Texans
0: via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You know, obviously besides taking over long-term a quarterback, which is the hope there with C.J. Stroud, what was the most important position that needed Maybe drastic improvement. Certainly, if not drastic, a not-so-subtle level of improvement. What position would that have been?
1: You know, it's funny because Damian Pierce did a really terrific job running the ball last year, but they still, as a team, did not run the ball well. So they needed to improve the offensive line and make sure whatever backs they did get, and they got the Bills leading rusher in Devin Singletary, whoever they got needed to do a good job. And the line, they just signed Titus Howard to extension. They re-upped with Laramie Tunsell. They got Jack Mason, an acquisition from Tampa Bay. So this guy is uh, is really going to help them at guard. Kenyon Green, year two, a first-round pick from last year. I think the line's on the rise here. But it was the defense that I thought got a big boost. With Jimmy Ward in the secondary, uh, they needed to do that. Denzel Perryman at linebacker. Numerous other players. I mean, when you have Hassan Ridgway, who's the size of a vending machine, on that D-line now as part of a rotation, that's good. Sheldon Rankins comes over. I mean, these free agent acquisition. Positions were no joke, Dalton Schultz. I mean, that really helps. Along with the draft choices, uh, they really gave themselves a big B-12 shot in personnel. The the talent level out here is very different from what it was the last couple of years. So I'm eager to see how it plays out.
0: Is there more belief here? Because over the years with with Chris Ballard, the belief has certainly been more so in in drafting and in keeping Mm -hmm. your own. We'll see if that holds true with Jonathan Taylor here moving forward. But it has been more drafting over free agency, and I often have not been... been the biggest fan of that Uh, as far as brain trust is concerned in Houston where's the philosophy now is it more deeply dug into especially the work you guys did down there at the top of the draft is it drafting your own and moving forward or is it doing more than just sampling with free agency to try to make on the fly either side of the football better
1: well, the free agents they got, most of them are on short-term deals. So I think what what the philosophy is, they want to draft well. They want to build to the draft. There's no question. But to accelerate what you're doing wins and losses-wise, you get some key free agents, and that ups the talent level at those position groups they're in. And then the draft choices can develop, and they're not under such pressure to perform right away and win right away. And I'm not saying the Texans are in win-now mode or anything, but they want to do better. They want to win more games. They want three Games last year, four games the two years before that. I mean, they want to get going here. They want to be in the mix somehow. And in this division, it might be possible. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I think there's some yeah. opportunities here and see if they can take advantage of them.
0: Well, I think uh, numb nuts like me kind of really oversell Jacksonville too much. I do. I, I mean, and nothing against them. They, they should be good. And especially saw them make significant strides in a win and a loss in the postseason. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe I'm overselling them too much, but it is still Jacksonville. And, you know, injuries are a great equalizer. Certainly, I don't think Tennessee is going to be what anybody um, would want to write home about. Uh, And the Colts aren't to me either so I mean do you say kind of why not Houston in in terms of what they have done over this past year to kind of rebuild things either veteran quarterback I'm assuming it's going to be Stroud I don't know what you think but they have a pretty good shot within, within this division with you looking at it
1: right now it's hard to define as good shot. Let's just put it this way. I'm all for one of those AFC South years, those good old-fashioned mid-teens AFC South <laughs> years where yeah. you know, somebody's like 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and eight, they're right in it, and maybe yeah. pull out over the uh, finish line at the very end here, see how it goes, because I think it could be like that. I think Jacksonville's good, but you pointed it out. I mean, they were super healthy. I think they were the healthiest or the second healthiest team in the league last year, and that was just like 2017 for them. Is that going to happen again? I don't think so so we'll see what happens Mark Vandermeer is the voice
0: of the Texans with us via the Andy Moore automotive group hotline Mark if you don't mind we'll probably check in again as we get toward the uh, end of of camp down there and see how things are going but uh, always great to talk with you and talking football is always good we'll do it again soon Mark thank you
1: likewise thanks for having me on John Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from CBS4 and FOX 59. He is Mike Chappell. Mike, I said this earlier. I mean, this is such a ridiculous soap opera once again when it doesn't have to be. And and here's my thought on this. My thought is you had, I think, people, rational thinkers that understood the importance of Jonathan Taylor to this team now and what likely would be the short term considering trying to get a rookie quarterback that's inexperienced into the running here and, and often running positively with this team. And now, especially with the back-to-back tweets and words from the rep of Jonathan Taylor, you got people jumping off that bandwagon and saying, hey, you know what, just get anybody. Who the hell cares right now? Get rid of him. That's not how this is supposed to
2: work out. Well, and that's why, I mean, it, it's great for the media, you know, the, 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 the skirmishes and the back-and-forth and all this, but it's, it's a, I don't say never, it's seldom productive in negotiations. That's why... You know, Chris Ballard, remember, he always said his standard thing is, you know, I don't discuss contracts. And it frustrates us, but, but he's right. I mean, it, it's never productive to get these, these cat fights going on. And the, the one thing I'll say up front I, I generally am a player's guy. Get what you can because the minute the team is done with you, they're done with you. And it's hard to know, and I'm generally in favor of J.T. getting an extension, as long as as long as it's reasonable, whatever reasonable is. But we have, I've never seen a report, and we don't know where the two sides are. If the Colts have offered something, where is it? Is it the, you know, the Nick Chubb range, the three-year, thirty-six million, in or you know, is JT asking for Christian McCaffrey numbers? You know, the sixteen-five a year. We don't know, so it's really hard to know where to come down. But when these things are, are are out there in the public, without having information, without having the hard facts, then you're just kind of flailing at, at windmills. And but you know, we'll see where it goes. The the, the issue to me now is. Is who blinks first, and I don't think Jim Murphy is going to blink <laughs> unless the lights are glaring at one of his collection concerts. Uh, I I just think that for an agent, and I've I've never worked with this agent before, and agents are more and more difficult to to get a hold of. For an agent to get into a you know a, a, a back and forth with an owner who who has can be, you know, controversial and, and, and outside the box. It serves no purpose to the agent or the player. It, it just doesn't. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, the, the next step is for JT to either talk, which I, I don't know if he will as long as he's on PUP. You know, we're going to apparently going to talk to Jim say on Saturday night at, at training camp, and we'll see how he you know, elaborates on what was said. But you know, the next step is for JT to, to practice. And and how many people believe that his his lingering ankle injury is realistic or is or is because he wants an extension. I don't know. I mean that's what the optics are. But something's gotta happen and the next thing to happen really is JT practicing and who knows when that's gonna yeah. be well, I mean, if it were, if it were the uh,
0: Jonathan Taylor that we all thought we knew, doesn't he return like tomorrow or sooner well, rather yeah, than he, later? He,
2: he would have been out there
0: right away. It's really yeah. amazing. And, again, I mean, well, and I'm talking about in terms, Mike, of where this thing has gone. I can't imagine – this has gone, according to Jonathan Taylor, the way that he has wanted it. I mean, now don't you have to say, all right, enough of this silliness. I'm still under contract. I'm going to go out there and be with my guys, and I'm going to practice, and then we'll move on from
2: there. Don't you have to well, see, do that and, now? And that, that's where this started back whenever we talked to him. I don't know whether it was after the season or shortly thereafter, and he said, hey, you know, I'd like an extension, but I signed a four-year contract. You know, I'd like to be here. Yeah you know, long-term, but I signed the deal. And then he changed agents, and then all of a sudden it's, he's being more uh, forceful, which, again, if I'm a player, especially a running back nowadays, I'm going to get what I can because it, there is a short shelf life and teams are devaluing the position. But he's really done a 180 on on how aggressive he, he, he's addressed his situation, which, again, hasn't been how he had been. As far as with the media and, and stating his case and all that kind of stuff, so that's why I would really. I, it seems to be from a media standpoint that the sooner he talks, the better, and then and then he's making the statements, not his representative or whatever. I don't know if we're going to get that, but I guess I would urge him to talk just to say, okay, now we're no one's putting words in your mouth. This is this is you. This isn't. Najee Harris or Austin Eckler or whomever. This is you. This is your. This is your situation. This is your career. What do you say about it? And, and I don't know when that's going to be. So, Mike Chapel, CBS Four,
0: Fox Fifty Nine, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. All right, back to the the original tweet, social media post, if you will. Jim Ursay sent out yesterday. Did you initially think that that was – and this doesn't matter because every Colts fan out there took that as a shot at Jonathan Taylor. But did you initially – believe that that was more responding to what Najee Harris had said regarding the overall situation with the running back position because that's what I thought and add this, I thought also yesterday is one of those other things, we've talked about this before where I think Jim wants to be the lead dog among owners, be the loudest voice out there among owners we saw that with the whole situation with Daniel Snyder and I think you saw that yesterday afternoon Jim wanting to be that main go-to voice as far as NFL ownership is concerned. Uh, you know, the steward of the shield, if you will, right. Of, right. of the NFL. I, I think that was another case. We saw
2: that yesterday. You agree? My first reaction was that it was about JT. But but I, but I think you're right. And I think maybe he'll try to clarify that, talk to him, that, that he was looking more grand-picture, about, you know, running backs and CBAs and all this stuff. And, and what, Najee Harris, and maybe if he, I, Nick Chubb may address it too. But but, the, the, but there's no way that the, that the owner of the Indianapolis Colts can tweet that when you've got a running back who wants an extension, and he's on PUP, and he's been very aggressive about on social media about wanting and, and deserving that so yeah I, I i took it the other way but but you're you may be closer to being right than i am but you just can't say that in this environment you can't. And not expect people to, to to look at it like well, that's a shot at jt so, uh, but, but again, maybe he'll clarify that to, uh, if we talk to him on Saturday. I'm meeting Jim saying
0: Here's what I don't understand. Both sides should know the deal here. You should no know question. the situation. I mean, l- listen, Jonathan Taylor needs the Colts because the Colts need Jonathan Taylor. I mean, and, and there's no way he should step away and not play now. I mean, you got to get that money, and I don't care the length of the deal, whatever. you got to make the most. Yeah, I mean, Saquon Barkley, Mike, already set the standard for running backs. Yeah, they may have all gotten together and talked, but my man, the first time he could take that money, he grabbed it and ran with it. That's exactly what Jonathan Taylor and all of these other ones that are considered like this in, in this particular category should do, and I think that's, a, that's what they will do moving forward.
2: Barkley did not help the cause of running backs. He just he just didn't. Uh he took what it was. The one-year deal was is like is it our chance of $900,000 more than the tag. But uh but I said all along that that Barkley and Josh Jacobs and JT are different because JT's under contract. But you know, if you step back, I and, and I've always considered and I still consider JT's our best player. I mean, regardless of position, he's our best player. But, he's a, but he is a running back, and, and he had – and, again, I'd sign him to an extension. It's not my money, but I would. But th- then if the team wants to play hardball, they say, you know, you had 1,800 yards, the greatest season by a cult running back, and we, and we didn't make playoffs. You know, never mind that there's, there was a lot of reasons and, and he wasn't one of them. But the last two rushing champions, JT and Josh Jacobs, the, the, the Raiders were 6-11 and 11 last year. So it, it, it's really a tough situation, but I, I kind of agree with you that, that in the end, if I'm a running back, even a high-end one, you take what you can get. For anyone who I, thinks, that, well, how about if JT just plays it out and goes in the open market next year? You think the market's going to be better next year No. for running backs? Uh, no, it won't
0: be. So. And this is still going to be the place for him. Like, like what I said, I mean, he needs this place, like this place right now, considering the circumstances, and those circumstances have been built and put together because of Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard remains, yeah, it, and, it, and, and that's where we are right now. They both need one another.
2: Yeah, but I tell you, in the cold, hard things, I, I could argue if I was doing my senior debate at Ball State, I, I would rather argue – that J T needs the Colts more than the Colts need J T because they they will fi- if, if J T doesn't play, heaven forbid, they're gonna have a running back, you know, against the Jaguars. There'll be somebody out there. Now it's not gonna be near the level of J T, but but by and large, players are unfortunately, you know, replaceable, and, and t- the, the the great ones are tougher to replace, but they'll replace him. And then what does JT do? Again, the problem for JT is the Colts have much more leverage. He's under contract. If they want to really play hardball, they franchise him next year. They franchise him the next year. You know, that that's when you say, ah, poor player. Well, two more franchises in this year, he's got like $25 million guaranteed. So, you know, it could be a worse situation. So it's just unfortunate he came along at, a, at the wrong time. You know, five years ago, you know, Todd Gurley and Zeke Elliott got really, really massive contracts, and those are gone. Those just aren't going to happen. McCaffrey's averaging 16.5 a year on a deal he signed with Carolina when they traded him to Frisco. So it, it's just a difficult time. I don't know who blinks first, like I said. It, it needs to be JT, I guess, because... He's got to play. He's got to play. At some point, he's got to play. And at some point, I'm really interested in if this injury lingers a week, two weeks, what does the team do? Because, you know, George Berman was, was mentioned today, and I didn't know it, but George, it, the, the JT did not fail his physical. He's just not ready to practice. So it, it's it's at what point does the team say, yeah, we think you're ready? And the player says, no, I don't think I am. Then do then you get second opinions? I don't know. But those tweets last night from the owner and the agent did, to me, nothing to further this process. It, to me, it, made, it makes it more difficult to resolve it. Chris Ballard had to shake his head last night hey, you when he was reading those.
0: You think uh, there's a possibility that – each and every year, at some point, you don't have to have some kind of stinking soap opera around here. <laughs>
3: you think
2: we'll ever reach that point? Probably not. no, but no, you know. And then I'm watching Twitter today, and Joe Burrow went down. You thought, holy smokes! Now maybe it's nothing yeah. serious. It's a calf. But we've know, heard, we've heard calf you... stories around here before, yeah, haven't we, no, Mike? Yeah, yeah really. Mm-hmm. That's a calf. He'll be better. Yeah, well, maybe not. So we'll see. Uh, but, but again, I, I I feel for JT to some degree. But boy, if you've got it, 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 and again, I just wish I we really wish I knew what the Colts were offering, if anything, what level, and if it's reasonable, well, you know what we thinks reasonable is one thing, and JT's another, obviously. But if it's a reasonable contract, the Nick Chubb or a little more, or not a little, not maybe a little, but more, but certainly not McCaffrey level, sixteen million, it should get done. But uh, when you've got an agent going head to head with with the owner and the owner signs the checks, you know, if, if the owner really wants to dig his heels in, uh, it won't get done. And I, I was a little surprised, I guess it's me reading into it, but when we talked to Chris Bowder on Tuesday, he wasn't exactly gung-ho on an, an extension if I read between the lines. You know, well, we really love JT for a you know, great player, great person. You know, but we're coming off four-win season and new you know, coaching, the coaching staff. staff. The coaching staff really hasn't seen these guys up close. And and you know, by the way, there's an injury. It it, it really wasn't a super endorsement of a guy. He, he was more gun ho on Michael Pittman, and he, he really he really likes Michael Pittman. He really does. But uh, again, it's just it, it's a running back. And what's really hurt the team, I think, a little bit also. Is they paid top dollar for you know uh, 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 Shaq Leonard as a, as a linebacker, and, and then they broke the bank on uh, or they broke the market on Quentin Nelson, who's a guard. So if I'm if I'm Quentin or if I'm JT and his age, I'm going to say you you pay these guys who, who are not you know the, the top premium positions, and you won't pay me. So again, it goes back and forth. I can argue both sides. I mean, once upon a time, they even they extended Naheem Hines, Grover Stewart. I mean, you know, and yeah. all that. So, well, they, they and we're talking lesser money, but they extended the punter, they extended the kicker, right. they extended the long snapper. But you're talking that, that's apples and that, that's nickels and dimes and dollars comparison. Uh, but it, you know, it, it just it, it's really kind of crazy, how, the first day of camp, or the first of the reporting day, it went from the interest on Anthony Richardson to the running back. When, you know, we talked to Chris, and then and then like four hours later, we get the JTs on pop, and that's not what we anticipated at all. Remember the owner a couple of weeks ago said, you know, he's good to go or healthy or whatever it was. Yeah, and he said, hey, do
0: you think, did Chris know that at noon when he met with you guys?
2: There's no way he didn't know
0: that at noon, right?
2: I don't know. He said, you know, he, put, he mentioned the two guys on Puff, and he said, we're still doing physicals, and i have got a couple other guys. So, I don't know. And then he, then he was supposed to have a long talk with JT. Remember, he said he had talks with him in May and June. We're going to talk to him again today. And they, both sides know where they're at. It's, it's not like, well, what do you want? What do you want? No, they, they've had talks. They know what JT wants. JT knows what they're offering. And it's obvious there's – pretty good gap either in the total money or, I'm assuming, the guaranteed money. Uh, so it, it's it, it's, not, it's not like both sides have their eyes closed and they don't know. Each side knows what the other wants, and they're obviously far apart.
0: So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on and the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Um, obviously, people view Jonathan Taylor not in the same optic as they would Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara, you know, given, I guess, the so-called versatility that they can give to that position. Was, is, I think, Shane Steichen with Jonathan Taylor in and everything good, are they thinking about trying to utilize him a little bit differently? Because I look at it this way. As disposable as the running backs are across the landscape in the NFL, the Eagles in their most successful season in a while last year are surprisingly successful at Jalen Hurts, and I'm assuming going to be playing a lot like what we're going to see with the Colts this year with Shane Steichen, 1,200 rushing yards plus from Miles Sanders. Now, granted, they let him leave and go to Carolina, but we still sit here not knowing how that's going to work out because he was essential for that offense and that offense to get them to the Super Bowl this past year. So we don't know if DeAndre Swift is going to step in, for example, and be able to do it with a running back by committee. That, that to me is a little bit dangerous and to me still speaks to how you would like to have Jonathan Taylor and maybe see if you could utilize him a little bit more favorably to, to how you did the group that you had, including Miles Sanders of a year ago,
2: correct? Well, yeah, and you don't know because JT did nothing in the off-season workouts, nothing in veteran minicamp, and now he's going to miss a day, two days, a week, two weeks, whatever. I and how can you, how can you see how versatile he might be in the passing game if he's not here? I remember back in the day with Edgern, he really they never could really maximize Edge in the passing game because he wasn't here in the offseason. season you know, he, he he was one of those guys that I'll be here where I'm supposed to be here, and the rest of the times my time. So, and, and it's really hard when you got a new offense and all this. It's it's hard to know how how JT how you can expand his game when he's not here. Yeah. So, you know that that that's where this you know that, I guess maybe that's that's part of JT's leverage. Although he's only hurting himself, it seems like because again the Colts will go they're going to have running backs out there. And and if their offensive lines playing well and, and the quarterback playing well, then the, the running game can be okay. J.T. takes an okay running game to another level. So it it it, it needs to end sooner rather than later. But I, I I don't know. I I keep thinking later is going to be when it ends. Yeah, I I, I will be
0: I'll be disappointed with both sides if this season with him being under contract. If he compromises it in this fashion, I mean, we we haven't heard from him yet, and I, he doesn't That's have to I mean. talk when he's on on pup. I I just don't. You kind of wonder if he would give a thumbs up to his agent, being that outspoken to the team's owner via social media as he has been the past two days. Don't you kind of wonder what he's thinking with that?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I do believe that he and the agent, his agent, are on the same are on the same level. I I do because again, I. I I'd have to go back and look when JT changed agents, and this is the same agent, if I'm not mistaken, that Shaq Leonard had. It prior is. To his, it is. Prior and then his his Shaquille, Leonard, the
0: Shaquille Leonard, Shaquille Leonard's situation was was similar once upon a time, and yeah. they got a little they got a little bit into camp, as you remember, and then he ended up signing the contract, and it was all done.
2: Yeah. So, so I, you know, I I, I don't think that. I, I, I just believe that JT and the agent are on the same page. I, I do think they have – you know, they was was talk. And, this again, his his approach has changed dramatically since he changed agents. He just has. Go, go back – again, go back and look, look at how – I don't want to say passive, but how, hey, I, I signed a four-year contract, and I hope to be here, but I signed a four-year contract. That's not what he's saying now at all. So, uh, I would re- – like I said, I would really – like to have him talk soon. He can talk if he's on pup. He did, I mean, we did with I think we did with Shaq before. It's just generally not done, but we, we can talk to guys on pup. He just has to walk over the microphone after a practice and talk. I, have has anybody ever been on pup and talked? I, I can't recollect. Again, that, I, I think Shaq did. Yeah, I think we've had Shaq. Okay. Uh, maybe maybe it might have been last year during camp when he was on pup. So yeah, we we've had it before. It's, I don't think it's a written rule that they can't. I if a player I just wants didn't to think, talks, I didn't he'll think he'll they did. Histor,
0: historically speaking, I didn't think they did. But, I mean,
2: hell, you've done it now for 40 years. I think it's a protection where a team or even a player can say, well, he, he's off top. So, it's right. like you're on IR. Normally, they don't talk if they're on IR. But again, if a player wants to talk, he walks over and talks. So, And, and if somebody wants to talk, we'll certainly listen. Uh, again, something, something needs to change, and it's, this has only been a day, so we'll, we'll see. But, but the fact that, that you're dealing with a player who says he's not ready to practice—it's uh, it, as long as he insists he's not ready to practice. What do you do? You can't. I mean, it's really not. It's not. It's, it wouldn't be good for a team to say we believe you're ready to practice, and a player says you're not. You're going to. You can't force a guy to practice. So it's just it's it's gone up at five levels, you know. Last night when when the owner tweeted and and then the agent fired back. So it's just another day in training camp. Yeah. All right, what uh, what are the odds
0: that Jonathan Taylor practices tomorrow? Whatever capacity they practice, I'm assuming they'll be outside in the heat. But I yeah. guess who knows if it if it gets somewhere hot, you know that that early somewhere hot. What time are they practicing tomorrow? Is that night? 10, 10 o'clock. No, oh, 10 in the morning? Yeah, it won't be that yeah. hot yet. It shouldn't be, at least. it be so. pretty hot, though. What are the odds you think that he, all of a sudden, much like Saquon Barkley, has an epiphany? Saquon Barkley did when he signed that contract. What about an epiphany from Jonathan Taylor where he just kind of shows up to try to put everything to bed?
2: I think uh, a, a notch above zero. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> think it happens that quickly. I just don't. Uh, And the longer it goes, the harder it might be. Yeah, it's silly. Uh, But again, I mean, and Chris even mentioned, you know, we don't think it's going to be very long, and he's close and all that. So we'll see. The longer it goes, the harder it's going to be really for for him and the agents to say, okay, we we didn't get what we wanted, but we're going to play out this season. And then, you know, then it's on JT to play his butt off to really increase his value. But uh, that, the first step's getting on the field, and, you know, I, I don't think it'll be this week, but we'll see. So Mike Chapel of CBS4 and
0: Fox 59 is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pile. line. Hey, just exactly what we wanted, right? Everybody else just kind of sit around and laugh about what's going on here. We've gotten kind
2: of used to that over the years, recent history. There's always something. I remember a couple of years ago in the COVID year when we walking in there and we find out that Frank tested positive, and he was going to miss the first week. And, and then Wentz has a broken foot, and then Q has a broken foot, and then Ryan Kelly has a hyperextended elbow, and then it just went to hell. <laughs> it's always like
0: that. Has it, has it not? Has there been one year with the six years? And I'm not, like, blaming this part on Chris, but has there been one year since Chris has been here where there hasn't been some level of drama at some point?
2: I think every camp has something. It, it, it just does, but you know this seems freshest just because it's now. And you know, it, it, it's 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 got to drive these guys crazy. You, you prepare all off season, get all your ducks in a row, and then boom, something happens, and it, it's it's just part it's just part of the deal. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Again, we had the luck thing several years ago not several a few years ago with yeah. training camp and you know
0: well, they, they had a lot of circuses with the whole the, the gregson era too don't get me wrong because of the andrew oh, luck yeah. saga but i, I yep. do i kind of long for the days where everything is really boring and you knew the direction in which they were going you didn't have a lot said either way really
2: boring Peyton's camps yeah. were really really boring because you knew who you had you knew what you had they ran practice pretty smooth and th- there were some hiccups, but nothing—nothing nothing like what we've had recently. I mean, the only thing he did was like I think once upon a
0: time at Terre Haute, didn't they float uh, Gorman's car or truck or something in, in, in the in middle in the of, of the pond.
2: lake? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't you? And one, I think one year this name back at Anderson when they taped hundreds of, of gopost, which was fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I long for those days because it's much more that enjoyable that than this. So, because uh, that also came with uh, some winning, too, which was also yep. nice. No yep. doubt about that. Yep.
1: All right. I hear you.
0: Mike, I appreciate you more than you know. We'll do it again next week, man. Talk to you then.